Me, 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 me. <laughs> Welcome to the Guy the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. This is episode 50. Holy shit. 50 episodes together and you go beaker from the Muppet Babies on us. Like, or just the regular Muppets. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I was more like like do re mi fa so la ti like a little put a little seltzer in there you know just go for the gold. I do have that too. Hold on. So, did you say seltzer? Seltzer, yeah. <laughs> Lacroix. Lacroix. It's not just seltzer. It's Lacroix. The HBO sponsor of no. <laughs> yeah. Lacroix Plus. Um, all right. Well, we're off to a great <laughs> we're off to a great start here. Guys, welcome to our 50th episode. We're very happy to have you all. Sean, is it exciting for you to be here this long? It is because I just <laughs> not you in particular, but yeah. like us in general. <laughs> I don't know. Seeing that big 5-0 on the episode is just a great moment. I just feel so excited. I feel like we've accomplished something. And you know, as we're gonna find out, we have grown so much. <laughs> oh. Um, whether it's through this pandemic or through like, you know, how we podcast, it's just, it's, it's exciting. I'm, oh man, I love it. It honestly is kind of amazing. Like looking back and uh, some of the original episodes and like when we first started and we're trying to find our groove and trying to figure out what worked. Um, it's cringeworthy is what it is. Let's be real. <laughs> it's very cringeworthy. We took a look at the photos of us and just, the, just the looks of us are just odd compared to now. <laughs> So why don't we start off and take a look at some of the photos here and take a look at this photo, right? So for those of you that are uh, unable to see, if you're listening on the podcast, we'll post these uh, tomorrow uh, so that you can see them. I'm taking the pictures as we're doing this. But Sean, this is when I introduced you as the the co-host of the podcast. So ready? Here you go. So this is a special episode for us. It's a special night for the podcast. We will henceforth be known as the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean because the esteemed math teacher movies himself, Sean Phillips, joins us as the new permanent co-host of the pod. Sean, damn fine to have you here. Oh, it is damn fine to be here, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Very I don't know where damn fine came from, but like I like that you ran with it. That started the whole like, okay, you're going there, we'll go there. <laughs> well, that was me just saying like I actually have no idea preparing what to say, which is great that you had me as a co-host on the podcast. So I was just like, I'm just going to completely repeat what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it works out very well in the end. Um, it's been a lot of fun to do that uh, or have that back and forth. I think we've been told multiple times that we have a really good rapport with one another. Rapport is not the word. Chemistry. <laughs> Chemistry, that's the word. I think we have a good rapport, too. It works. I think it rapport works. works. It's part of it, right? Um, but hey, you know, here we are. <laughs> um, what I, you did this, I did this, but we wanted to pull some of our favorite moments. Um, and this was really difficult because I ended up watching like seven episodes of our podcast while working today. Um, but there's a couple that I want to make sure that we are covering and that we're playing the audio at least for. Uh, And this is also going to feature some of our guests that we've had over the years. Uh, And by over the years, I mean over the year. (laughs) Um, And uh, anyway, let's let's play this one. Why don't we play this one? Because I think this is hilarious. If I can get to it. And there we go. So this is back from February of this year. We had Big Ace from Movie Reviews with Big Ace on. Uh, And this was what transpired. Oh, no, I don't think I hit the volume. Well, we'll get there in a second. 
<laughs> we had big ace on, and this is what transpired. And then that's before driving around the desert mountains. <laughs> How's yes, the trunk desert space? after the exit? Yes. <laughs> How's the trunk space? How's the trunk space? Okay, let us kind of cool. <laughs> this is when uh, we were talking about the little things and how we did not care for the movie. And I think we spoke Jared Leto's nomination into existence on this episode. Or that happened before. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. This was the the night before the Golden Globe nominations announcement. We had this episode and we did say not even like it's just is Jared Leto a good actor because of the little things. And we we all agreed no, but the Globes agreed yes. And then right after that, the SAGs agreed yes as well. And thankfully there was no Oscar nomination. We we avoided that, but my God, that was a that was an interesting time. The Globes really had a year this year, you know. Jared Leto. Uh, I mean, I don't want to compare him to music, but like that also happens. Um, he is really the music does. of people. I mean, just <laughs> Jared Leto, the music of people. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Um, so one of the things that I enjoy here is that we get on tangents, and obviously that has happened today already, and will probably continue to happen. Um, and this was one of those tangents that I thought was hilarious, and you clearly jumped on as well. Um, and this is when we were talking about Disney pursuing a, another live-action remake, uh, or I'm sorry, a live-action movie uh, for The Haunted Mansion. But obviously it would be a remake um, and a reboot based on the Eddie Murphy one. But this is um, what we were thinking. And let me make sure I have the right clip coming up here because I'm, nope, that's not the right clip. Yeah, oh, please. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, we get on some random tangents here. And this was definitely one of them that I really enjoyed. Um, it made me laugh quite a bit. I actually can't uh, remember this one, so I'm excited. It was very stupid, but here it is. The Hall of Presidents sounds like the trickiest movie to ever juggle. <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's writers there like, how do we keep everyone happy? <laughs> the most ambitious crossover ever. <laughs> Just imagine there's like portals from Endgame and like Abe Lincoln comes out and then like Andrew Garfield for some reason pops out. Um, and then like Obama does like the Willy Wonka role. <laughs> There's like 18 presidents we have to cancel. <laughs> um, um, it no. is well known. It is, what's that? I'm just realizing now you said Andrew Garfield. I know. <laughs> and no one called you out. <laughs> you were like, yeah, that sounds right. That's we got to okay. cancel Poor him. <laughs> Poor Andrew Garfield. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even notice that either. Well, as you know, we've been approached by Crooked Media to be their new political podcast multiple times, but we have to hold back because sometimes our knowledge is just too high. Too high. It sounds, sounds accurate. Man, that really happened. Oh, man. All right. Well, the next one that I think we need to touch on here um, is uh, you talking about a hot dog. Can you give us a little guidance around this? Like, what are we talking about? So we were talking about uh, how uh, Netflix kind of has this uh, power over some of the lower, uh, the uh, 
the lower tier awards like best documentary and my octopus teacher um winning for that and then you know a lot of the goddamn octopus teacher and a lot of um other like short uh you know other short films that are coming from netflix um uh, winning and one of them was uh was two distant strangers and so i i had some thoughts on uh two distant strangers which i kind of liked but there were definitely some flaws to it <laughs> well <laughs> I can't even preface this any more than you just did. Here you go. <laughs> and then, oh, I saw that one on Netflix, so I'm going to vote on that one because it's the only one I saw. So, But the, the idea was good of those two distant strangers, but I I, I don't know. The, the acting for me wasn't uh, – it just – Well, they cast I an the actual – they cast an actual Chicago hot dog for the officer. <laughs> hey, what are you doing there? I'm like, good lord, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. My goal, <laughs> Big J, my goal is always to uh, make sure he, um, I just make sure Joe writes something down knowing that he's marking the tape at there to save that little video of me impersonating a Chicago hot dog. <laughs> There, so th there has been several moments and uh you can't see these in the videos everybody where um when 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 i'm just like i go off on like my own weird little tangents and joe isn't even laughing but he's calmly grabbing a notepad to just write down because <laughs> he knows he's gonna use that later multiple times and thank you to big j uh Unula movie blog who was on that week that was a lot of fun that episode um but <laughs> <laughs> here's something that you've repeated multiple times um and it's only gotten finer with time or with I, time i need to preface this one because i like we get our outline a few days beforehand um and i always um i always like have like something that i want to say like something stupid probably doesn't mean anything and then this time i had a bit that i had in mind um, and this was Anthony Ramos uh, being uh, chosen to be starring in a Transformers movie. I had this in my I was thinking about this for days where if this joke bombed or if this bit bombed, it would have killed me. And so I was like, you could see me grinning like a doofus uh, throughout this entire introduction. Well, it certainly didn't bomb. And Burns from, uh, you know, Burns Reviews, John, uh, just watch his face the entire time because it is very enjoyable to me. But here you go. Um, I love Anthony Ramos, by the way. Um, but did. this this had some uh, this got Sean and I having some fun online about what this could be. Sean, you said you'll see it if what? Well, I, I just hope there is. A, this is uh, apparently this is a, a movie where he um, it's a it's a prequel like uh, almost Bumblebee, where he is uh, befriending uh, Optimus Prime, and uh, there's a moment where they want Anthony Ramos to betray him, and uh, so he just sits. Uh, he turns to the people and just goes. I am not gonna betray my butt. I am not gonna betray my butt. Hey, you, I'm young, Clanky. <laughs> I don't have more. Uh, I don't have more. Don't write the time code. <laughs> I just wrote the time. <laughs> Did you see John's face? He just covered his eyes. <laughs> just oh, absolutely, man. just like go, just leans back in his chair, like just like, oh yeah. man. But it's been a lot of fun, and we are going to continue doing what we're doing because we don't have anything else going on in our lives, right? Like, you're not getting married or anything anytime soon. That's the first time <laughs> someone else said that out loud. I'm gonna... <laughs> 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 I'm <getting> Surprise! <laughs> that was like episode. Yeah, maybe that was during the film festival. That was last August that you proposed, right? 
So I just realized that one of my favorite uh, moments on the podcast was not me introducing my fiance to the pod. So, uh, whoops. Uh, Whoops. Daisy. We'll see if she listens. Um, But (laughs) it's a test. It's a true test. Uh, yes, it was. Um, I think I told uh, we had a, a bunch of lovely uh, cinephile ladies on, um, and uh, we uh, it was just beforehand or just after where I said, "Oh uh, yeah, I'm proposing in a couple of hours to my girlfriend," <laughs> and they were just like, "How are you handling this right now?" It's like not well. <laughs> it was one of our special episodes, and it was pretty. Uh, it was pre- like I was I was pretty quiet the whole time. <laughs> Everyone was like, what the hell are you doing on here then? You're like, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> I needed a um, distraction at that time. <laughs> it's like it was still too many times beforehand. Absolutely ridiculous is what you are. Um, let me see. I think I can find it. Oh, if you could find it that quick, well done. It would be right after the film festival in uh, in early September. Um, because that is a good little intro that we have. I definitely can't find. I mean, I, I found the episode, but it's going to take me forever, and I don't want to w- take up too much time. But uh, yeah. we'll we'll find that clip, and we can we'll we can dub it, share in. it next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just dub it in. We'll do it just again. Dub it in. I don't know how any <laughs> of this works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just dub it. It's fine. I'm here for the takes. Um, <laughs> the, the Anthony Ramos starring in Transformers the takes. The Anthony Ramos takes. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we do have a lot of news to get to tonight. Some good stuff, actually, this week. After last week, we didn't have as much. And it's always funny how that like ebbs and flows, right? But we have some stuff to talk about this week. We we have Knives Out 2 casting. Knives Out 2 casting. It won't end. It's a big one. Um, but first, let's talk about what we've been watching. I have not been watching any movies, um, I realize. Uh, I always get to the podcast. I'm like, what have I watched this week? And usually it's like got to sift through a bunch of random shit. And I didn't watch anything, which is crazy. Uh, what I did watch is an entire season, 30 some episodes of Big Brother <laughs> since last week. Wait, you did this in a week? <laughs> I did. You okay, I did. <laughs> I get very addicted to that show, um, mainly because I, I don't know. I just like love the, the psychology behind it and the people like interacting and um I guess I like people playing one another. I don't know. Um, but no, I watched an old season that I and I had heard of um, a, a a person on there who was not the... He's like really well known in Big Brother fandom, um, but I had never seen anything about him. And basically he's a dick. He's, I mean, the time that this aired, it was 2007 was the, the season I watched. And the way that he would approach the women in the house was so sexist and so just wrong and rude and it was really frustrating to me um but the season is just really fascinating and a lot of like twists and turns and if you're familiar with big brother at all it's a bunch of people living in a house for excuse me typically 90 days um 90 ish days maybe it's less than that i don't know um it's like two two and a half three months over the summer uh but it is really fascinating and i got hooked on it when i was studying for the bar exam years ago it was like my uh my like reprieve each week um but now i watch it religiously and i apparently love watching old seasons uh in a week so that happened um but also i've been prepping for tribeca stuff and just excited for all the films i put out the preview today for tribeca films that i'm anticipating um i was like oh i'm only gonna put like you know five to ten on there and there's not five to ten on there there's a lot more 
Um, but I'm excited for that. So that starts tomorrow. Have all that coming out. Um, but Sean, like you're you're back into form because I've been watching your stories pop up, and you're like, just watched, watched earlier, watched a minute ago, watched yesterday, watched earlier, watched in my sleep. <laughs> like, what the hell is he watching? What's he doing? So I, I've got this. Um, I haven't finished them yet, but um, I have like I'm working on like different seasons of shows, and I have like a rotation of like four or five shows, and so I'm watching one a night instead of binging because I'm. <clears throat> I can be a binger at times, but I really like to like not just go one and then the next and then the next. So um, I may talk about those uh, as we go. But uh, yeah, that is pretty much right now, like the last two or three nights has been just me straight up like, you know, between uh, Pose, Sweet Tooth, Modoc, um, For All Mankind, and um, I think one other one, uh, Master of None. And I just like keep on going through that cycle. Are you enjoying Modoc any more than you were originally? I, I I still have an issue with the central character being so terrible that it's kind of tough, <laughs> but that's the point, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Pat Oswald is thankfully bringing so much great stuff to it comedically that yeah. it, it's working for me. Um, it's not, it's not a all, all-star home run. I mean, this, this is doing the robot chicken thing without it being, you know, as like joke machine as robot chicken. And I think, I don't know when you have this format, it sort of should call for that, but I'm going to, you know, get, keep going and keep on posting those just watchings. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like, damn, I have to catch up. He's going to have a lot this week, but this week you have listed plan B and inside. Talk to us about them. Oh, plan B is the third movie in two years that involves two girl, uh, two, two uh, high school age girls going on a road trip to either, try to stop a possible or terminate a pregnancy um there was unpregnant as a comedy last year and then and then um um never rarely sometimes always as a very devastating drama last year and uh plan b is the third i've seen of this and even though it's a very specific genre that we've seen before this brings out a like you know fun gross out teen comedy that has this emotional edge to it that I absolutely love. The director is Natalie Morales, who you have seen as uh, Lucy, uh, Tom's girlfriend in Parks and Recreation, and in several other. Uh, oh, yeah, she's been starting to go behind the camera a lot writing, and uh, I believe this is her second film she's directed. The uh, I'm not sure the other one. Um, Interesting. It's a it's very well directed. It's a great comedy. It's on Hulu streaming right now. Um, I, I liked it quite a bit. It's about two hours long, which it does overstay its welcome in the first and second act, meaning that, you know, this is the annoying thing to say, but this really could have been a series in the sense that so much happens in the first two acts. And then in the third, it gets a little bit more like tight. It gets a little bit more like lovely as the ending and um, the comedy gets a little bit more fast paced. But I, I really liked what this one uh, kind of did with this type of genre. I'm looking at the cast right now and I see Rachel Dratch is in it. And this is going to sound terrible that I don't remember this, the actor's character's name, but Timothy Granaderos from um, 13 reasons why is in it as well. Oh. He played Xander oh. in this movie. If that means anything to you. Oh, he, play, he plays a very interesting role. Um, I, yeah, the two uh, newcomers, uh, or, I don't know. If newcomers is the right. Well, yeah, kind of, they're basically newcomers. Cause I had never, I haven't heard of them before. Um, and I know everything, um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed pretentiously. I said, well, the newcomers, cause I haven't heard of them. Um, they are spectacular together. They are so good. 
Um, I am vamping so that I can uh, be able to say their names, um, but they are absolutely wonderful. Um, like great. Well, I, I said they had okay chemistry, but on their own, they had like just alarmingly great um, like comedic energy and just manic comedic energy the whole way through. And I am. Uh, okay. So yes, it is. Um, I was like, where'd he go? <laughs> I, mentally. I, I am. <laughs> like, uh, my, 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 sorry, my computer is so slow. This is terrible podcasting. Um, Kuhu Verma and uh, Victoria Morales. And uh, the two of them are really good. I mean, they play convincing high schoolers considering they're, you know, thankfully in their twenties. Um, and it's just like really uh, wonderful. Razel Dratch is in one scene of this movie. It's that kind okay. of, deal um she plays the you know sex ed teacher which the sex ed in this situation is abstinence only please like that's absolutely it um and uh it doesn't like what it doesn't do which is nice is it doesn't like really like hard like like intensely make fun of that even though you know they're obviously doing the wrong thing with an abstinence only education but it is you know they 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 sort of put, they put a spotlight on it and they say they show the effects of that, which is, you know, some pretty negative effects as we see throughout the film. Um, but that's a lot of what I said with that. But Plan B is really great film. Definitely check it out on Hulu. Awesome. Yeah. And inside. God help me with this one. Uh, this is uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. It's a oh, yeah. uh, movie. It's a comedy special. It's an introspective look into the uh, mind of an uh, of an idle human. Um this was spectacular. This was uh, this a musical concert film, if you will. This has so much of it. Um, I forgot a lot of it and had to like watch a lot of it again. And then like it truly did like immerse for me. Um, even the cheap joke songs have something to them that like is like has a that have a depth to them. The one song I'm gonna say, I don't want to spoil the like the end of the joke of it, but there's the white girls Instagram. Um, and it's uh, making fun of a white girl's Instagram and it's accurate. It's on point and it would have been funny on its own, but then it hits this depth, which like actually like is sort of beautiful. Um, and uh, a lot of people are saying like, this is like, Oh, Bo Burnham's going crazy or Bo Burnham is like, you know, depressed or Bo Burnham's trying to make us depressed. I mean, I don't think it's that. I think it's a reaction to this year. I think it's us trying to reflect on like how they, like it's easy to just say, you know, he lost his mind or something like that. On, on one hand, it's, it's a performance first of all, like, you know, but I mean, there's probably some truth in that performance. There's probably some difficulties that he has faced. Like we literally all have faced in the past year or so. And for this alone, it's just something that like, is so intelligent that I did have to give it another watch to really wash over me, but it really, it works. It works on many levels. It sounds really fascinating. I didn't get a chance to watch it after Austin had mentioned it last week on the podcast. Um, it's, but I've, every review that I've seen, and of course there's certain people that I like look out for the reviews, you being near the top of them. Um, and it just, it seems like something that I definitely would be all about. So I need to check that out. Oh man. I need to like really get a list going and catch up. No, no, no. What you need to do is you need to enjoy Tribeca. Do not make a list. (laughs) (laughs) You have a list of 70 movies. You you have the longest list right now. Wait until after Tribeca. You're, you're, you're off a list right now. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, exactly what I'm like though. Yeah. So, 
So hopefully some of these movies that I'll be seeing at Tribeca will be awards contenders next year. Uh, here's hoping. Um, but tell us a little bit about what your column for awards watch with math teacher movies was this week. So um, on awards watch uh, the, about two weeks ago, they announced that uh, they were going to do the pan- the awards. The Oscars are going to do the pandemic theater rules again, um, where it's going to be um, uh, pretty much any sort of streamer uh, could is, eligible for the Oscars. Um, and everyone had their takes on this. They said, this is the end of the theater industry over dramatic. I consider, um, or this is like, you know, Oscars are going to just like go with streamers from now on. And that's the take that I grabbed a hold of because when it comes to the Oscars, not much has changed. And basically saying that a lot of the movies that won this year were pretty much theater movies. Yes. They were also on streaming and they were available at home, but they were theater movies for a few weeks beforehand in some of them or available in theaters as well, or like, you know, gone through an, like a very limited theater circuit. And that just sort of tells me that there's still a bias for theaters. I mean, I think of the two main ones, Mank and trial of Chicago seven were the big Netflix players and Mank got a couple of technicals. Trial of Chicago seven just got absolutely blanked. And, it just tells me, and I, I am focusing on Netflix with this because that's the primary streamer, in my opinion. And um, in that case, not much has been, you know, like done with the Oscars. I mean, we could even look at Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which, you know, law, like did get a few technicals, but did not get any above the line as well. And instead lost to a movie that was the first movie I saw in the theaters coming back. And so that's where I think that the theater bias with the Oscars is a lot more heavy than we think. And that's why I don't know if there's going to be much of a difference coming up in the, um, in this coming Oscar season. Which is kind of crazy, right? Because I feel like given that theaters are coming back the way they are, the mindset of the average moviegoer is going to be back in a theater mindset and not necessarily, you know, thinking about streaming and how that's impacting the, uh, the the theaters, I mean, impacting the awards. Then um, the reason I'm stumbling is because as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, but they don't give a shit about the awards anyway. So at the end of the day, it's really just for the studios to make uh, to give them a little bit more leeway, I guess, as they get things back up and running and get films out. That, that would be my thought. It's tricky because you're right. They don't, you know, studios don't care about awards, but you know, they also want that prestige. I mean, I I make the argument that uh, you know our. Oh, I- just to clarify, I think studios care about awards. Oh. I don't think the average moviegoer does. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it is it is interesting how this works because there is the awards side of it and the industry side of it, and those are right now in a very different situation because, um, you know, the awards side of it, you know, they, they don't really care about the money. They don't really, like, you know, want, like, the money. But the industry side of it is where it's, you know, we want to get the most money possible for our movie. And, you know, that's where, like, some of the HBO Max goes back and forth with, uh, like, theaters and all that. But uh, it, uh, it gets tricky. Well, and that's a good segue, I guess, into some of the news. Uh, this is not our outline, but it, it was uh, released last week by HBO Max, or I guess it was by Samba TV who is kind of like the new Nielsen in terms of streamers and stuff. Um, but Cruella did rather well on uh, HBO, well, not HBO Max, on Disney Plus. Um, oh my God, I said released by HBO Max. Released by Disney Plus. Only the best reporting you're going to get here. Um, <laughs> flying off the cuff. Uh, no, but uh, the numbers regarding how Cruella did in the household versus in theaters, and it added, I think, another $20 million. So it was pretty much like a $47 million weekend for Cruella. 
um, which still is behind A Quiet Place 2 last week. But at the same time, I mean, that's a really solid box office that we have not seen in quite some time. And this past week, we saw The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, take over uh, A Quiet Place 2, which wasn't expected. It was expected to be a close race uh, and be second. So it's nice that we're actually seeing a race, you know, <laughs> instead of like the latest Bruce Willis shitter uh, popping up there for like... <laughs> you know, 800 grand a weekend or something. Liam Neeson on a seven week <laughs> run <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with three different I, movies. <laughs> I am not going to lie. I was just looking at another article while we were talking to prepare for something we're going to talk about. And I saw Liam Neeson mentioned and was like, we're not doing that tonight. <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Uh, just don't want to handle that. Um, we, so. we don't have room for Liam Neeson here. Um. <laughs> Let me give you uh, two quick hit stories and get your quick reaction on them. These, again, aren't our outline, but they just came out recently. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers uh, has announced that they're going to release the Blue Beetle movie on HBO Max. Blue Beetle is one of those characters that is lesser known, I guess, in terms of mainstream DC characters. Uh, but it tells the story of a young Mexican-American boy who is walking home with his friends and finds a Blue Beetle scarab. Uh, and later on, the scarab uh, latches on to his... Uh, spine, I believe it is, which is kind of weird. Um, latches onto his spine and provides him with a suit of extraterrestrial armor that can be modified to enhance his speed and strength as well as to create weapons, wings, and shields. Um, honestly, I remember the first introduction I had to Blue Beetle was back when I was watching Smallville and they would introduce like these minor crazy characters. Um, and I, it made me research a lot. And I remember researching uh, Blue Beetle a lot and it's just it's kind of interesting how many of them follow sort of the same mythos in a lot of ways they just kind of like you know scarab for stone or you know whatever try to figure out a different way but um, interesting that it's going straight to HBO Max do you make anything of that? It's interesting how like <sighs> I guess straight to HBO Max is kind of the play it safe move here um, I and I hate to say that at making it sound like it's a lack of respect um, to uh, you know the, this type of movie or you know this type of IP, but I think that this is one where you know you can have something grow on the internet and grow in a fan base, and you know it could be it could be interesting. I I, I love this idea. I love you know it's got the what's the right word? It's got the ingredients of like every kind of like superhero comic book kind of movie. It's like got the, the every man gets the powers responsibility comes in there. You know, there'll be the, the fun discovery of the power scene there. There's the ingredients there that can make this a fun movie. Even if we have maybe seen variations before. Yeah. It feels very Shazamish in some ways, I guess just because it's focusing on the kid. And I think it could be a good family tentpole for them. But I think, isn't Batgirl, that movie that um, just brought on the directors of Bad Boys uh, for Life, aren't, isn't that going straight to HBO Max too? Or at least it was so. off of it. Yeah. It was, well, no, it was it, what they did. I remember seeing like the part of the article where it's like, it's a part of the HBO Max, like DC universe. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't know, Sean. They don't know what they're doing with so DC. Annoying. We have talked about this. They have no goddamn idea what they're doing. Um, but Tyler Perry does know what he's going to be doing oh, next year. He'll be cashing in because the next Medea movie is coming out. Not Medea, as I said earlier. <laughs> Mama Dea, Mama Dea. Um, Tyler Perry said that he was done with Medea. Medea. Jesus, <laughs> dude. <laughs> said that he was done with Medea after uh, a Medea family funeral, which I 
think was 2019. Uh, but now he's making a Medea Homecoming uh, for Netflix, which is planned to drop next year and will be directed and written by Perry. Boy, you really fan? contemplated that retirement. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, she's done. She's totally done. Netflix is like, you want to come back? He's like, done. <laughs> here's here's the script. <laughs> Someone really like treated their mind through the pandemic. They're like, okay, you know what? Yeah, Medea, let's let's bring her back. Let's, yeah, what was a Medea family pandemic? <laughs> What was Tyler Perry recently that I was liking? I can't remember what it was because that you were liking or that you weren't liking because he popped up for five seconds in oh, those, that's what was it those who wish me dead or yeah so what I was liking <laughs> he was the he was the prime motivation of the two bad guys for yeah. thirteen seconds <laughs> and it was like ten minutes later that I was like oh that was Tyler Perry <laughs> giving Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen just the motivation that was needed to try to kill Joe Lee none at all. None at all. None at all. And we still don't know like what who he was. Like, he was a high ranking official or something. I'm assuming in the government, but he was um, oh he was partying with Andy Garcia in Wrath of Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. They're, if they get nominated by the Golden Globes, I will shit myself. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> we need content. Wait, we no. Is there? Content. We we don't. There's. We don't know if there's a Golden Globes anymore, though. That's a good part. Oh, yeah, that's a good get, point. You know what? Yeah, sure. Get nominated. <laughs> nominate him. Have some fun. Is Leto in a movie? This this uh, oh Joker Zet, Snyder cut. Jo- Leto's in. Got uh, nominated. Hey, that's actually perfect. <laughs> yes, there we go. Put him in there. Arguably, let's have some fun. Arguably the best of the three roles. To be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Um, cause I don't think Morbius is going to be getting the, uh, the nomination <laughs> should, should Sony ever decide to release that movie. Yeah. They were, they, they, Sony was psyched about the pandemic with that one. They're like, Oh yeah, shit, move that back. <laughs> yeah. Pandemic pandemic's over. And they're still like, uh, January <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're literally getting a new Spider-Man before we get Morbius. <laughs> oh man. We're also getting Creed three. And the news around that is that love, loved crap. Oh my God. I can't speak tonight. Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors uh, is going to be um, reportedly getting in the ring with Michael B. Jordan as the adversary, as the big bad in this film. Uh, the negotiations are currently underway. It's kind of crazy. This is um, another big role for Jonathan Majors. I mean, he's tapped to be in um, an upcoming um, Marvel property with as Kang the Conqueror. Um, he, of course, Lovecraft Country was huge for him. He's got a couple other movies that are in the works. Uh, what do you think of this casting? It's such a physical role. I mean, it's it's perfect. Like this guy is so like physically intimidating, especially after what we've seen in Lovecraft. And um, you know, I, I think in uh, Defy Bloods, he also just got he he got huge in those uh, two. Um, people were joking that like in uh, Defy Bloods, he he got huge because he's like, I'm going to be a soldier in a movie. It's like, no, no, you're going to be the son of a bunch of vets. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so people, and then he got all he got all uh, buff for nothing. I don't know if that's uh, true, but um, I um, I I truly love this casting. I think this brings him to a superstardom, like it really does. Um, it's worth I don't know if it's worth mentioning this, but this is something that I just I sort of my brain went right to. This will be the first time in some sort of Rocky franchise movie where both participants of the boxing match, if he is the adversary, will be black, and <laughs> that just some that, that there there's a there's an there's an ec- exposing nature to that that I love where, you know, finally there will be that. I mean, obviously in the first five Rockies, that couldn't be the case, but um, it is um, 
a situation where we have this sort of completely different avenue we're going down with Creed. And um, to have that is going to be great. Plus, watching those two fight is going to be awesome. I would watch a fight with Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) Those two are huge. Now, this is all like I really hope he's the adversary. If it turns out he's like, you know, like a commentator in the sports ring or something (laughs) or just like a newspaper reporter, I'll be very upset. But I think he's the adversary. And oh, man, that's beautiful casting. I think Logan Paul, Paul and Jake Paul are also <laughs> going to be. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just forgot that that occurred. <laughs> that they exist. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they, they exist, but also I just forgot that that occurred. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was. Uh, yeah. Well, it keeps occurring. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but no, this is a big role for him. I totally agree with you. It's really interesting that this is Michael B. Jordan's first time behind the director's or in the director's chair, I should say, behind the camera. He'll be directing this as well, so it's uh, it's a really that. neat yeah. move, and that's a that's a good point that you make about uh, you know both of them. So into it, into Definitely. it, just like I'm into the John Wick forecasting. Uh, we found out that Donnie Yen, uh, who I, I guess like for people that listen to us, best known for like Rogue One, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. and his role in that, um, he's joined the cast of John Wick Four, and he'll reportedly play a character. Uh, who shares the same history and many of the same enemies as John Wick, which is really cool to me. Uh, and then today we found out that Bill Skarsgård has also been cast in the role, I mean, in the film. And I think that's an incredible casting. <laughs> I'm so pumped for it. That are, dude, we an, are we about to get an it impression from you? <laughs> good, no, I, I actually, I don't think I have the abilities there. And I didn't think of it. Oh, damn it. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, Skarsgård is someone that, like, I just imagine when I when I found out it was his casting, I'm like, oh, this guy's getting a bullet in the head. He's he's the, <laughs> he's the entitled like privileged son of like you know just Ian McShane like, or something of that nature. And oh, wow. I like, there's so many of those. There there were so many of those. That's that's Wick's whole thing is like white twerpy looking dudes. He just like takes them down, like just like shoots them in the head. And but so it's I'm usually like, not oh, a main actor, no. Hmm. It's usually not a named actor. It's usually like a. You know, well, I'm about um, to. I mean, I'm about to not name this actor because I forgot the name of this actor. But uh, Reek from Game of Thrones, not Reek. Give show some respect on his name. Theon Greyjoy um, from Game of Thrones, um, and uh, like, but he uh, Alfie Winter. Yes, Alfie Winter means nothing to me. Means nothing to me. <laughs> I, hey, I stand well, I mean, by my point. It may, it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, my point as well because I forgot the name. Um, <laughs> so I'll help. I helped you out there. Um, but I love the idea. Yeah, that's true. Skarsgård is a bigger name, um, but is is really truly only recognizable in clown makeup. He's had other roles, and you know he's he's substantially recognized by us in those other roles. But you know the, he was good in a, the Devil all the time. He was very good. That's the that's the one I was thinking of. His devil all the time. He like you know that was his other one. And there's been a few others where you know you've seen him without the clown makeup, obviously. But for the most part, like he isn't terribly famous. It'll be interesting to see who he plays. He could play you know someone who helps out. But uh, I mean, the Donnie Yen casting just absolutely. It's almost to the point where I'm upset. This hasn't happened yet in a John Wick film. Where it's like, <laughs> how in the world has this been the first one? And of course, like he's in uh, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars story. He's truly like one of the, the best parts of it, one of the most fascinating yeah. characters in it. And you know, just he kicks ass, and that's right there. And the fact that he's going to sort of, from what you said, I, I believe he's going to like sort of be kicking ass with John Wick. 
That's what it right, sounds like. Like right then and there, this is their pairing up. Because I was wondering if he was going to be uh, like one of the – was he going to be the final boss or was he going to be one of the uh, like, you know – like one of the the people he steps out on the way to the final boss, like the guy he fights in the library for like you know four minutes or something like that, one of his obstacles. Um, but the fact that uh, it's going to be a substantial role is really awesome. I mean, they also could pit them against one another. To be quite honest, like they could be you know the same the same background and everything, but who better to take one of them out than you know someone that's similar to your own self? So I don't know. I don't know. Either Those way, I'm excited. Either way, we'll that was Those such an out of left field <laughs> casting. But this is a this is a franchise famous for that. I mean, Jason Madzukis is in the John Wick franchise. Lawrence Fishburne is in the John Wick franchise. There, there are some there there were some crazy ones that I can't think of right now that um, I uh, oh man, there's some like very interesting ones that have gone through. But um, I mean, one of the ones I really want to see right now, um, not casting, but. Something that I believe Amazon canceled this. Uh, they were going to do a prequel series about the hotel called the Continental, and yeah. I still desperately want that. I hope that resurfaces somehow because that world of a hotel where all the assassins are and they can't kill each other there is just one of my favorites. <laughs> like that's just such a insane, <laughs> absolutely insane premise that I still love from so like, you know, not all here, <laughs> yeah, like, not on the ground. <laughs> He literally puts his hand on a step and it's like base. It's like, that's amazing. <laughs> Safety. Um, well, you mentioned Lawrence Fishburne. While he won't be returning for The Matrix 4, Christina Ricci is is uh, joining The Matrix 4, we found out. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and Jada Pinkett-Smith are returning for the film, which is being directed by Lana Wachowski. Uh, and it's currently slated for release this December. Um, she also joins Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Jessica Henwick, Neil Patrick Harris, Toby Anwameri, I'm probably butchering that name, um, and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who is rumored to be playing a young Morpheus. Uh, I, I'm actually really excited for this movie. I don't. I, maybe it's just because who knows what it's going to be, and it's like, you know, there's still a possibility it could be great, but um, I have no idea where they go after the, you know, revolutions and whatever. The other one reloaded. 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 Yeah. Um, But this is an interesting casting. Like, where did they pull her from? Casper 2? I I truly don't know where she came from. Like, it's been it's been 80 years since Casper 2. Like, and it's 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 kind of wondrous. It's not even a Casper 2, just to be clear. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If there was one, it would have been a while. Uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, I think Richie was always always so talented um i have not heard from her in forever um i mean personally i mean personally yes <laughs> but, um i um i i love the casting um i love the casting of someone that's going to be you know an older richie who's going to be darker who's going to be more of like fascinating we you know i i don't even know like what she looks like at this time which it doesn't matter, but just to see the disposition of um, what she is about um, in this world. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious about this movie. I, I love the idea that it's coming up. Um, normally when you have a sequel, that's a lot further back from the rest of them, you start to get, you know, there's the apprehension, but in the way that reloaded and revolutions disappointed, this is a chance for um, a redemption. Is that what they called it, Matrix Redemption, or was it Matrix? What was what, what was it? What was the fake title for the fourth Matrix? Oh, Matrix oh, Revanescence. Right. 
Matrix Revolutionary Road. <laughs> Revolescence. Um, I will try to find it while you but continue on. I'll keep vamping. Uh, so um, I I love the idea of them sort of getting this do-over. And do-over is the wrong word, but it's something where they're trying out uh, something that like could use the better effects could have a better interesting story where they could learn from the mistakes of the second and the third one, which I do not hate the second and the third one as a lot of people do. I do not like them either. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of flaws in them, but um, I think that, you know, they could explore something different in those worlds and it looks like they're changing enough of it where that's going to happen. You know, I'd love to see Fishburne. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're changing enough of it in the casting. Um, it, with the exception of like some of the leads, but they're they're bringing some people in that could be interesting. And I'm not convinced that Fishburne won't show up. I know that he said in an interview that he wasn't asked. I don't believe that's true. Like I don't know that they move on to a fourth film and not talk to one of the big stars from the original series. Um, that sounds kind of dumb to me, unless there's bad blood that hasn't been reported on. But the film was reportedly going to be called Matrix Resurrection. I believe oh, yeah. that came out of. Um, someone like a costume designer or someone sharing a gift that had that embroidered on the inside or something like that. Uh, so that very well could be the title because of course, Keanu Reeves and, uh, Ma- and Carrie Ann Moss's character died characters died. Right. in the third one, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was like 45 years. Ago. I mean, there was like eight worlds reset. So <laughs> like who the fuck actually They're coming into the multiverse. <laughs> oh God. Um, But I think what's really interesting about this movie is that arguably Keanu Reeves is a larger star now than he was back then. Mm -hmm. I think he has more, I mean, he's always been a star, but the action films that he's been doing in recent years, John Wick in particular, I think have just set him on a different plane than anything he's been before. And I think that's something that this movie really has going for it. Well, let's face it. He sort of became a punchline um, in the Matrix movies. And, you know, they also did great favors to him, obviously. But, you know, his whoa kind of thing where he plays, <laughs> you know, the sort of idiot, you know, like in discovering the Matrix. And then, you know, he is utterly emotionless in the next two movies. And um, from there, it got a little bit interesting of, you know, what is he playing next? And he gets into 47 Ronin. And then he, he kind of, I, he sort of just like disappears. And then John Wick shows up and we all roll our eyes. I remember I didn't even <laughs> see it in the theater. And then like, you know, I'm just like, I'm hung over one Saturday. And I'm like, oh my God, this movie's the greatest thing. And <laughs> he just becomes this great action star. Then you hear, then all of a sudden the publicist kicks in, I think. And you hear about all the great stuff he does behind the scenes and how like this guy is genuinely an exceptional like person. And it's now he's revitalization. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Which Matrix revitalization. That's my, my take. Revitalization on. is good. Yeah. I'm going to Matrix retro, retrofit, <laughs> retrofitting. Boom. Done. Matrix titles. <laughs> Back to the beginning. Um, the next casting, because apparently all of our news tonight is going to be about casting. That's not true. But uh, we know that Issa Rae is, uh, has been added to the voice cast of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, or whatever it shall be called, but the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, one of my favorite superhero movies, to be quite honest. Uh, and Rae is going to voice Jessica Drew, who is also known as Spider-Woman. She will join Shamik Moore and Haley Steinfeld, who are returning as their characters as well. The film is supposed to come out at the end of next year, October 2022, I believe. Uh, a lot of good films coming out next year, but I love the addition of Issa Rae. Um, I think that's just really good casting. I'm, you know, it's it's funny when you're talking about voice cast because you're like, yeah, solid voice. <laughs> like, she'll do great. Um, 
But I think that just knowing how she is as an actress and the roles that she takes, she really can bring something different to this type of character uh, in an animated film. So I'm excited for that. She she is an unbelievable talent um, in so many facets. Um, you know, her acting ability is one of them. Her writing ability, her directing ability. She like you know has created the show Insecure, which I still am baffled that that show can exist uh, in this realm of possibility. And um, but she does have that extremely funny delivery and quick witted voice, which is is like is, yeah, you're right, the voice talent. But uh, is this quick witted voice that? will work for an animated film, but will work for like a comic book character that has this zaniness to it. Um, the, the first movie, it's got, it's got most of its charm through its voice cast. I mean, that voice cast is absolutely unbelievable. Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, um, <laughs> Jake Johnson. Uh, oh man, who plays Aunt May? It's so good. Whoever it does, but I mean, we keep on going. Catherine Hahn. It's Octavia. Catherine Hahn. <laughs> I still can't believe Catherine Hahn. Um, and like, Who was Aunt May? Oh my god, that's going to drive me crazy. Oh, it's going to really drive me insane because I, I oh took I, I'm, I'm picturing her line where she like took you long enough and oh oh we got oh, go. it's uh it's what's her name from Grace and Frankie, isn't it? Um, oh wait, isn't not, it? No, not Jane Fonda. Lily Tomlin. No, Lily. isn't it Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin. I thought it was. Maybe I'm completely off on that. Fifty episodes. That. How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> it's lily tomlin that's awesome yeah that's like it, it does sound like lily tomlin yeah making me feel crazy <laughs> that, well no, I, I i wasn't i wasn't down yet i promise i but i guess I also, it stops here at 50 <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway good casting it's, I want to know your thoughts on uh, Madeline Klein from the Outer Banks joining Knives Out 2. No. <laughs> Me neither, but there's our Knives Out 2 casting I, for the week. No, I, we'll talk about it for a second. But like, I, <laughs> I think this is the um, the casting that was used in the first Knives Out where it was the uh, lovely actress from, I believe, 13 Reasons Why, second mention of it. Um, and um, like, this is sort of bringing in that younger audience. Now, you know, there's also probably some talent there. Honestly, I did not watch Outer Banks, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, this is bringing another facet to this cast, which is they, they are really like they're checking the boxes in in a remarkable fashion. <laughs> Dave Batista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, my gosh, who am I forgetting there that I didn't add in there? Uh, uh, Kate uh, Hudson. Kate Hudson. Oof. Daniel Craig, of course. <laughs> insanity and wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden he said yeah daniel craig's not gonna be in this one <laughs> <laughs> hey he's gonna do bond again <laughs> he's gonna be pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'd be okay that would be kind of cool as long as he doesn't sing um <laughs> all right so now we're gonna move on to the section of the show that i call prequels sequels and spinoffs uh so uh hey jessica our producer over here can you do a uh, nice little drop in here for us that gives a little like tag or whatever they call it the you know the business uh, prequels, sequels, and spinoffs. All right, here we go. Um, I don't know what's happening. So what we're getting first is a prequel to Master and Commander. I didn't like Master and Commander. Fun fact: um, oh. this was 2003's movie with uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. Uh, it is based on the books of the same name. There's multiple books in the series. This book or this movie is rumored to be based on the first one, which will tell sort of the origin story or the growing up story of uh, Russell Crowe. 
and maybe Paul Bettany. Um, and a monster calls Patrick Ness is writing the script. Uh, and that's it. That's the story. You don't like uh, Master Commander. I don't really remember it. I'm going to be honest. I, I think I need to watch it again. Maybe. I mean, you know, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I love this movie, but I do love it's a, you know, the, the high seas adventures movies. I mean, this was an episodic uh, film in the sense of like they were trying to outsmart a French ship. And so they do all these like goofy creative things. And it's literally the same thing as Down Periscope starring Kelsey Grammer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of um, reminds me of Greyhound a little bit, too. It does. Oh, it does have a little bit of Greyhound. Yes. Because, um, like, basically, it's like the survival thing where they're pretty much outnumbered in, you know, the type of ship they have, but they're, you know, trying to get away. But um, outnumbered, outmanned, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing it all in here. We're bringing it everything. Um, and I, you know, I personally love this movie. Um, I, I, I'm thinking they're going to recast the roles because I don't know if uh, Russell Crowe, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, with his uh, unhinged physique, um, in more ways than one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> I mean, I have my pandemic bot, so there's no judging. But that dude ain't playing a younger version of himself. <laughs> it's not happening. No, um, it's probably time for them to uh, to do that. <laughs> it, would, it would be pretty <laughs> mean though if, like, they hire a different actor, but Paul Bettany plays the younger version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be a very tough. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I want to see the prequel to this. I love these high seas ones. Although my big thing is um, I want the director to be Peter Weir because Peter Weir directed the, this one and had that vision. Peter Weir hasn't directed a film in 11 years, and that's because he was born in 1945 and that dude wants to sleep. So, like, I'm thinking that he's he has not – he has done with directing. I'm pretty sure he has retired from directing based on this. Um, I would love to see this be, like, his comeback and his one, like, you know, yo, peace, I'm out. And, like, um, just kind of go from uh, that angle. Uh, however, like, yeah, no, I think he could direct it. I mean, Clint Eastwood is, like, 95, and he's directing a boxing movie, probably where he's starring the boxer. Like, But <laughs> – not it doesn't mean he's doing well. Like oh, that's true. I don't, that's like, true. I don't like him as a director either. <laughs> All the Clint Eastwood movies are they're the same. Every one of them. They they uh, have I will say that they have recently been the same. There there's different eras to Eastwood. And uh the, the recent era is a goddamn nightmare. But there are different there are different <laughs> eras that like, you know, are there, there there's some there's some good stuff there, but uh yeah. I don't know about Cry Macho. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of eras, where do you think Cruella goes after the first film? Because we did get news that they are working on a sequel, which I think is no surprise. The first film wasn't terrible. Um, I enjoyed it. I know you were a little more lukewarm about it, um, but it did really well. And people actually were were big fans, especially of, I think, her in that role, Emma Stone. Um, so there is, uh, let me see, a deal in place where director Craig Gillespie is going to return. The writer, Tony McNamara, is also expected to return. Um, again, it made about $46 million total when you factor in Disney plus and the box office, uh, for its opening weekend. I'm kind of into it. My question is twofold. First, what I already asked, but I'm going to preface that with this. Did you know there was an after credit scene I did or an not. in credit scene? Oh, wait, I, I think I heard of this like way after I saw it or before I saw it or something. I had no idea. And I forget how I found out. I think I was at the theater. Oh, yeah, I was at the theater this past weekend, and someone was talking about it randomly. Um, but, yeah, there's an after credit scene or a mid credit scene where she gifts um, two dogs 
to uh, or to puppies, I guess it is to Anita and one of the others. Um, I guess her like her buddy that was in the shop, her her gay best friend that they never say is gay because it's a Disney oh. movie and that's not yeah. allowed. Um, but so the two the names of them are the the setup for like what we know from 101 Dalmatians. But how the hell do we get there? Like that's my question. Like she's nice in this movie ultimately like to the dogs how do we get to this like crazy like she really wants to skin them alive and like the corella that we know i did see someone said maybe it's an alternate timeline corella i was like we can't do this shit with everything i think i think that's honestly what it is it it is just you know the this one the one the plot of 101 dalmatians does not exist because that's the only way you can because right now she's presumed dead like, like, I don't know if that's a spoiler, but like, it's, I don't know where she goes with this one. But it's, I don't well, know. She's not, they, she's not presumed dead, isn't, isn't it? Uh, uh, Estella that's presumed dead. Oh, you're right. I forgot. Well, that was not different. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> this is the show. Please, please get the mythos right. Uh, I, am, I am furious right now. <laughs> This is just absolute. Okay, let me let me try to like unpack this the best I can. Um, I get why they're doing it. It's it was a lot of fun. It was liked by like the majority of audiences. I even yeah, I enjoyed myself. I just I, I didn't understand the purpose, and not in, not in the usual sense of I didn't understand the purpose of something, but more just in the sense where like literally I didn't understand the purpose of what this character went through and what it means, and I don't know if they're going to explore that any further i would rather have a movie um where paul walter hauser is the main character as horace because i think no i obviously not obviously not it's a one-note character but he had a fun time uh, <laughs> i don't i don't like him as an actor really i don't i think he's typecast and obviously in like the buddy mm-hmm. role that he usually i, I agree there yeah but I don't even like them in that. I just think it's a. La- I think they're all lazy performances. So this is going to be a terrible question where I already know the answer to this one, and we're already going to go down this road because you're not a fan of this director. Um, How do you feel about him and Richard Jewell? Because that was a that was a diff- that was a departure for him, which I thought was pretty like pretty noble. Uh, it's noble that he attempted the departure. Okay. Um, I don't think that he did well with the departure. I don't know that he has that range in my opinion. Um, I also don't know that it was the best character for him to take on with like in terms of his first departure from these comedic roles that we're talking about. Um, because the character himself is very iffy. <laughs> well, it's an iffy. Yeah. And, th- and there's the tricky part of that where the, the, then we have Eastwood's style of directing where, you know, Eastwood's just like, you know, does not give actors any notes and are just like, just go. He's <laughs> like, 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 wait, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, he's just do it. Um, that's interesting. Okay. Um, I also, I, I'm also very charmed by Paul Walter Hauser. Like whenever I hear an interview with him, he's like the most friendly dude. <laughs> like, so but that should be what I go on. Um, it was funny in Itania. I'll give him that. I did enjoy him in Itania. <laughs> Tanya was great. Well, that was the because that was where like most of us like sort of found him, and so we, we were all kind of thrown by him in that. And like the fact that like then they did the annoying thing in biopics where they like show the actual people, and he was the same person, which was just really scary. Um, 
Okay, that was that was one of our greatest tangents, I think. Um, because <laughs> I don't even know. I think uh, with Cruella, they're gonna milk this too much. It's gonna be a disappointment. That's like my main issue with that whole roundabout way of dealing with it. But also, I'm biased because I didn't love this movie. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I I would expect that they want to try to connect them. I don't think Disney's in the business of like really going down a different path. Um, obviously, MCU is, but uh, you know, don't don't think that Disney really wants to do that because I think at some point it becomes too confusing for your audience, and Disney's audience still is skewing younger. Um, younger in terms of, I mean, Cruella was what PG thirteen, so you're going to have some younger, you know, families going and stuff like that who are relying on their knowledge of the character. So they can't just completely railroad it too much. Um, I don't know. So I, I have a feeling some weird shit's going to come in the next one. <laughs> like, like <laughs> someone else assumes her identity or something like that. Or like Glenn Close pushes her. <laughs> she gets a note from Cruella. That's like, meet me at the, <laughs> the house. Meet Glenn, me Close. The <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Close. Pushes her over. <laughs> Glenn Close wins. No, no. Glenn Close doesn't win the Oscar. Loses it to Emma Stone, who gets. Her <laughs> oh my God! All right, uh, and so of course that was the sequel. And now let's talk about the spinoff. Um, Deadline's reporting that there's a new Quiet Place film in the works. Uh, this actually was reported a while ago. It's going to be uh, written and directed by Jeff Nichols, who did Mud and Loving, um, and it's based on an original idea from John Kaczynski. Krasinski. It's not expected to. <laughs> John Kaczynski is just such a different person for some reason. <laughs> just one letter. Ted Kaczynski is who you're thinking of, probably. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> the film is not expected to be a direct continuation, although they're already talking about A Quiet Place Part 3. Um, but this would be a spinoff of sorts that would broaden the world. Um, I. Uh, Typically, I'm the type of person that's like, hit me with every film. Like, I'm whatever. If you can make a good film, I'm all for it. So I'm, I want to keep an open mind in that sense. But also, like, don't do too much. Like, I already, I love, I really like The Quiet Place too. Loved, I think we both love The Quiet Place mm-hmm. too. We thought it was really good. And um, But I've also talked to people who are not so thrilled with it. And I just feel like going back to that well too much might be, um, might dampen the, long-term uh rapport of the first film but i don't know this I mean, is my I, opinion it, it's tricky because the people that do not like a quiet place part two uh do not like it because it it opened itself up a little bit more and therefore you lost some of the uh you know character development that you would easily see in the uh, first one and so right off the bat it's like well i mean shit then because this thing is gonna open up way more <laughs> and be like a gigantic world so you know i think people are just gonna start to hate this um i i personally i i do understand what those people say i will say i disagree with them um i will say that i don't really want this type of film i want like the the story to close and mm-hmm. we talked about this on our spoiler pod for a quiet place part two where you know the la- the uh the end of the second one sort of ends like as the second part of a trilogy and they're gonna you know they can move on now i don't know what this is what this movie is i don't know if this is gonna open it up wider and be a part of that like third portion or this is gonna be some sort of side swipe i love this world Sideswipe's not the right word. <laughs> like, like, side story is the only word. I'm sideswipe. Um, 
I I love this world. I loved this world after the first one. I loved this world after the second one. Um, you know, we got that opening scene for uh, that was like the day one of the attack, which was spectacularly done. So they can do this. They can do something that's a little bit more wide. That's a little bit more interesting. Um, and also, this is like you were mentioning. This is Jeff Nichols, who um, you know has done something as interesting as uh, Loving or Mud um, and Take Shelter, which are very like interesting, mm. insane movies. But then also one of the big ones is Midnight Special. Midnight Special, I did not. Oh. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I did not worship the ground this film walked on like a lot of people do. But this is a great sci-fi film, and I think that that's something that can really like uh, capture this. I, um, I, I, I love the idea of this. I'm ready for it. I hope that we still see our characters and their story continue because the, these characters, like ma- these characters, really matter to me now. And you know, some people say they weren't treated right in part two. I think they were treated fine, and I want them to, you know, be in there again for a part three eventually. I'm with you. I think we're going to get a part three because the way that this ends is very much a setup, in in my opinion. Um, if they were to cut it, it would be. I don't know that it would be satisfying, and I don't know that they want to end it there. Um, and I think Krasinski's already said in a couple interviews that he's working on a third idea or working on something. Um, whether or not he'll come back to direct it is a whole other question, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what they could do, though. I mean, if you're just focusing on another family sure like that's i guess that's interesting i mean they could go back into um uh killian murphy's character and like look yeah. at the background of killian murphy's family and everything because oh God, that was so dark lot. though <laughs> yeah it's very dark but i mean that's a direction they could go yeah. right like we don't know i mean we know a little bit about it but we don't know the details and haven't seen everything um so that would be an interesting way for it to intersect with what we have seen so far in the first two parts of a quiet place I have the idea of what they do for this story. Um, it's, uh, you know, in the first one, you see there's a newspaper, um, like in the newspaper mill and like in the in the shop that says, it's sound with a picture of the monster. Um, so that means they printed that newspaper on a printing press. It looks like it's sound. So I want the story of um, the, uh, the newspaper office of the guys like running an extremely loud machine that is printing out papers saying, please, God, don't make any noise. They're like, should we be doing this? <laughs> like, oh my god it's one of the, like, uh john krasinski just called and said no uh, <laughs> so we're not doing a journalism movie okay fine <laughs> spotlight won the oscar if you want your oscar come on uh well the post didn't really do too well when that came out so uh even though i did enjoy that movie too i like that um, movie too. <laughs> um I will say, I said this on the Lambcast podcast. So the Lamb is, um, if you Google large-ass movie blogs, <laughs> it's the Association of Large-Ass Movie Blogs. Um, that's literally what it's called. But I was on their podcast, um, like episode 500 and blah, blah, blah. They're, they've been around for a bit. Um, and we were talking about this, and I told them on there, the first time that the monster – well, not the first time, but when they're um, – the officer is standing out there in the middle of the street and he's trying to talk to like John Krasinski. And I mean, I think it's him and his son at that point. I don't even remember, but anyway, that the thing just barrels into him and gets him. I lost my shit, lost it. And I was like, Oh, we're doing that in this movie, huh? That's where we're going. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, final story of the evening here. God help us. It's a doozy. (laughs) Rob zombie is rebooting or adapting is a better term 
The Munsters TV show, which seems like it's a much more iconic and long-running show than it really was. I think it ran for 70 episodes only. Um, but, you know, The Munsters, I feel like a lot of people know, most people know what The Munsters are, right? Um, anyway, he's developing a movie about The Munsters, uh, and casting rumors include basically the leads of The Devil's Rejects and Three Ways to Hell, I think it was called, and all the ones that he does. Um, and it's expected to go to Peacock and theaters uh, in some combination there. I don't know. But, hey, that's happening, Sean. So I, who said creativity's dead? Oh, boy. Uh, Rob Zombie. Um, I I don't know. I don't know uh, who he is as a director, honestly. I don't know what he's trying to be when, it, when you know, I, I've, I've seen a, a rare amount of his movies, but I, I've seen enough to try to wonder – like, what, what's your goal? What, 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 what is he trying to do? He has something. He has some kind of a vision. He like, you know, the, the Halloween movies were pretty terrible. His like, you know, can, and you know, just cause you're trying to like, just mess with Carpenter. Like that's just absolutely a terrible idea. And, um, I, I don't understand where this is coming from. Is this going to be a gritty reboot? Cause the monsters is a family comedy where like, where they make puns about like being like, you know, being different monsters and stuff like that. Stop reading in the dark. You're going to hurt your eyes. Then we're going to have to get you another pair. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. What is zombie going to do with that? I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled, but I, I tried to write notes and I think I just started to doodle and I can't even doodle on this thing. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to throw another wrinkle in the who is Rob Zombie. Um, there was rumors for years, or more rumors for years, that he was going to make a movie about the Philadelphia Flyers, the hockey team. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's why. Because uh, back in the 70s when they won the Stanley Cup, the Flyers became known as the Broad Street Bullies because they were a team of tough guys and they were fighting. And um, you know that's when, I guess, the NHL really got into like you know the fighting, <laughs> thanks to Philadelphia, of course. Um <laughs> But he had been working on that for a long time, or at least trying to get it going for a long time. And he said, quote, it was about the 1974 Philadelphia Flyers. The true story is so insane that you can't believe it's real. They were a fledgling team. Nobody cares. So they basically built this team of tough guys. They won the Stanley Cup twice based on being so terrorizing. Other teams were scared to play them. Um, but it's just weird. Like Now you're going to do a sports movie? I mean, it's it's... it's... <laughs> It's interesting that uh, you know he, he's probably going to come back to the Flyers movie once they re- like introduced Gritty. He's like, "Ooh, I got, I got to come back in this." <laughs> do not speak ill of Gritty. I love Gritty. I I love Gritty, but you know, Zombie could do some stuff with that. <laughs> I'll never forget the day that Gritty came out, and it was like, "What the fuck is this?" Everyone was like, "What is happening?" And then uh, the Pittsburgh Penguin mascots Twitter account tweeted like, "LOL, what or something." And right away, Gritty's account responded, sleep with one eye open, bird. And then everyone loved him. They're like, he's threatening people. (laughs) It it, it was sort of brilliant. It's just like everyone immediately talked about this absolutely insane mascot. And now he's still around and everyone loves him now. He's just like, nope, it works. (laughs) The marketing team they have behind him is just phenomenal. Honestly, like the stuff that they do on social media. And if you get a chance, I think it's like at Gritty NHL. Some of the videos from what he does, oh my God. God, they're so funny. They're so stupid, but they're so funny. Um, so yeah, he could definitely do that. But I, I have no interest in this movie. And like, I feel like the monsters as a movie doesn't work. Just like I don't think. Well, 
I, I was going to say the Adams family doesn't work, but the, I actually did enjoy the Adams family. <laughs> no, the Adams, it's weird because the Adams family does work. I think I think the monster the monsters. There we go already. The monsters were always when it came, were like an answer to the Adams family when they were both shows. And yeah. so the monsters, like like you said, seventy eps, like kind of sucked compared to the Adams family. And so I think that we're going to follow suit with the uh, movies. Yeah. That's weird. I, I don't know what to expect from this. I don't think anybody does. So, um, you know, hey, here we are. Wow. That was a hell of an episode. episode. Yeah. We're ending on Rob Zombie. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what's coming out this week. We have Rogue Hostage in theaters and VOD, Wish Dragon on Netflix, 12 Mighty Orphans in theaters, and In the Heights on HBO Max and theaters. Joe, which one do you think we're going to talk about this week? Are we doing it this week? I mean, I I have I know you really don't have an open weekend, but I do have an open weekend, so I'm going to be selfish and say, like, <laughs> I think we should do that. I think we should do in the heights this weekend. Um, I'm going to see it again on Friday night. <laughs> okay, there we um, go. We'll be fresh. <laughs> are you going in theaters? Or are you watching it on HBO Max? I, I keep on going back and forth. Uh, you have just to go because... to theaters. Okay, yeah. I, I, I was gonna. I was. I was back and forth. I think I'm gonna go uh, Thursday in theaters. The podcast will pay for it. We have a lot of money. <laughs> what are we at right now? We don't. <laughs> we, don't we don't have a lot of money. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely go see that. That would be solid. We have a so producer good. now. Of course we have a lot of money. What do you mean? <laughs> Jessica? Jessica. Jessica. Random name I came up with. Um, so you guys expect that this weekend. We'll do our little spoiler pod on In the Heights. Um, spoiler alert. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this sucks because like I'm definitely going to love it, so I, I have to like go in there like with like a grimace and be like, Meh, maybe it won't be good, even <laughs> though I know this is going to be good. <laughs> um, maybe we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in between now and then, but maybe it's like top five performances or three performances from the film, um, both in terms of the songs, in terms of the actors. We'll figure it out. I like it. There's some good. I mean, there's one actor that I can't wait for you to talk about because I know exactly what you're gonna say about them. I'm like ready. I, I like when I watched it the first time. I thought Sean's gonna really like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I look forward to those comments, um, guys. T- uh, Thursday night we will be doing Marvel Phase Three trivia with the Chumps. Um, that is going to round out our Marvel stories, our Marvel trivia, which is exciting. Um, a lot of great winners. I see. I think Darren is still watching. Darren, uh, who is from Darren Movie Reviews, won the first week. Um, his friend won the second week. So, guys, get in there and take him down because, uh, you know, it's Marvel Phase 3, and that's the most recent, and we all should be in pretty good shape with that. Um, I write the questions, so I will be in very good shape. Um, in the future, we will have the Fast Saga trivia as well as Shit's Creek trivia, and I'm going to throw around the Office trivia because I think that would be an absolute blast. Because oh um, I just love the office so much. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's that. Sean, um, how are you going to celebrate 50 episodes? I'm going to watch eight different shows tonight. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to say, um, Joe, thank you so much for bringing me onto this pod. Because if you guys don't realize it, Joe does a lot of the work with this thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it was originally a guy at the movies podcast. And then he, uh, he brought me on and it's been just an absolutely amazing experience for all 50 episodes, including when we look ridiculous, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for bringing me on and giving me the outlet to always talk about movies. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun and I'm glad that you are here. Uh, it's always fun when you and I are going one-on-one it's fun when we have guests on, I guess, should we, should we share what's going to be happening in like 
three weeks, three and a half, four weeks. I was going to wonder if we should share. We should. Yes, let's do it. We should share that. Um, why don't you share that? <laughs> well, uh, in uh, I believe it's uh, July. I forget the weekend, but like, you know, early July. Black Widow um, weekend. <laughs> which one? Oh, Black Widow weekend. Um, Joe and I are going to meet for the first time. <laughs> have not met. Um, he is coming up to Connecticut. And it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a great time. I'm going to sh- show them all the amazing breweries and restaurants. And then we're also going to watch Black Widow and probably do a spoiler pod, I'm assuming, in person. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> we, could, we should live stream that spoiler pod um, maybe before breweries. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> at the brewery. At Can the we reserve space at the brewery? <laughs> Can we reserve a corner for a pod? Honestly, <laughs> reserving a corner of a of a brewery for a podcast is probably the most yeah that that's the most niche thing. <laughs> they probably have a section on their website for it right now. <laughs> reserve for podcasts. <laughs> uh, we don't open until twelve, but uh, ten a.m. to twelve p.m. is going to be podcast recording hours. Uh, please let us know. <laughs> the taps will be open though. Yeah, all you can drink IPAs. Um, <laughs> That would be disastrous. Makes me want to go to bed right now. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I don't like that. Um, But no, it's a pleasure. And we will obviously continue on to be back next week. Sean, tell people where to find you. Math teacher movies. I do monologue Mondays, what the Oscars got wrong Wednesdays and final shot Fridays. I review movies of old and new and TV shows of old and new. Also at guy at the movies.com. I have the, Oh, Oh, (laughs) Awards watch with Sean, uh, where I go deep into it's wrong. Awards, Awards watch, watch with I literally, movies. I literally changed it on the outline for you. Oh, did you? That wasn't me. There's an outline. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, he's here. Sean's here. Math teacher movies. Find him elsewhere. <laughs> but you can find Awards me. watch with math teacher movies, where I go over <laughs> different awards news. <laughs> And you can find me at Guy at the Movies on Instagram, Guy at the Movies 1 on Twitter, Guy at the Movies on TikTok, Guy at the Movies 1 on TikTok maybe. I do stuff like here and there with it when I remember. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and GuyTheMovies.com. So I just want to put another plug in there too. Tribeca Film Festival is coming up for the next week and a half, and I'll be covering that virtually online. Um, so I am ready to roll on that. I just launched a Tribeca section of the website today uh, that has the history post that came out last week. So it's just kind of a short history to understand where Tribeca Film Festival came from. It's actually really interesting, um, as well as the uh, a preview of all the films that I'm looking forward to. And I'll be updating that because I've already realized that there's a few more that I want to throw on there. Um, so if you need to find me, I'll be on my couch watching Tribeca films, um, probably from tomorrow morning. Uh, or tomorrow through next uh, weekend. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there I am. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. A lot, a lot of good films come out, coming out and uh, um, some exciting interview opportunities that I'm waiting to get confirmation on. So that's going to be awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah, should be cool. Um, but you can find this podcast anywhere that you get your podcast uh, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and over... Oh, Overcast. Overcast? Always, Overwatch. Overwatch is a video game. That's right. <laughs> That's how right. we do this. Overwatch is a video game, I think. Overcast is what it is. Yes. So I listen on Over... Overcast is a great app for uh, all your fun... Uh, yeah. Podcasting Maybe I'll check that out, because I'm not really loving my podcast app right now. Um, but... 
Please rate, subscribe, leave us a comment if you would. Uh, and we will be right back here next week with another special guest. And we will have a blast as always. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.